Listener Production. US investors make a fist of things and carve out new record highs for stocks. And the ASX 200 is expected to open flat on Thursday as the S&P 500 reaches for 5,000 points. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Thursday, the 8th of February. Ryan, those US stocks are really just grinding it out at the moment, aren't they? Uh, as we speak right now, we've got the Dow Jones up by a half of 1%, the S&P 500 up 0.8%, the NASDAQ again, conspicuously defining itself with a 1% gain. The marquee tech names have probably been the engine of the recent gains. They have indeed, Tom. We've got the S&P 500 coming within a striking distance of its 5,000 milestone. And as you mentioned, we've seen those tech mega caps rally. We've also seen a strong sale of 10-year US treasuries, which have dimmed supply concerns. So bonds were little changed on the back of that record bond sale. Indeed. So to that point, we have got a two-year government bond trading around 4.42% in yield terms, a 10-year government bond at 4.11, not vastly changed. The thing is that they're just bumping up against that uh, ceiling, the the high end of the range that they have occupied in, in recent times. But it seems to be holding together for the moment. It's fairly steady when it comes to the bond market at the moment after, of course, we did see that big sell-off with those bond yields lifting last Last week, we've heard from Fed Governor Adriana Kugler. She presented an optimistic case for a continued slowdown in inflation while indicating little urgency to reduce borrowing costs. Also, Fed Bank of Boston President Susan Collins said she's looking for more evidence that inflation is durably set to align with the target before moving to cut rates. So the next step is likely to be later this year. So the whole commentary at the moment from the US Federal Reserve is around later interest rate cuts. Indeed, which is part of the reason that you've seen that readjustment higher for long and short-term rates, up by almost a third of a percent in the last week. And that has been a factor that has seen that caution creep back into the picture. It's why the grind rather than that emphatic move higher for stocks has been so evident. But what was the... uh, plat de jour for you in terms of economic news. It was a bit thin today. It was very thin. We had the trade deficit, which rose <laughs> by 0.3 billion to 62.6 billion in December. So nothing to move the needle on the economic front. We actually have a bit of a data-free zone this week in the United States ahead of the consumer price index next week. So that didn't really move the needle, but of course, corporate earnings did. They did. And one of the ones that stood out was Ford Motor Company, uh, that stock doing quite nicely today, up by around 5%. It's up by about 30% since the lows of November. It's up 15% in year-to-date terms. And helping consolidate on those improvements has been the better-than-expected guidance that they delivered uh, with their earnings. They also announced a special dividend um, today as well, which contributed to that improvement. They scaled back investments in new capacity for loss-making electric vehicles too. So there's a bit of cost-cutting and, and savings involved in their results too. Recalibration, time. I'd call it, because they, they, their um, investors are quite excited about the new EV that they are developing that they are going to pit against the Tesla Model 2. So that, that refining of the situation there, uh, I think, has been encouraging. And also their fleet business has been performing quite well. That was one of the surprises in the numbers. Indeed, we also saw in-phase energy surge 18% as the solar inverter maker expects inventory levels to normalise and demand for its products to pick up. We note that that stock was one of the worst performers 
on the S&P 500 in the last few months. So certainly a bit of a pickup there. And Chipotle Mexican Grill added 9% a day after the fast food restaurant chain reported stronger than expected earnings and revenue. So uh, let's just quickly take a look at European markets, uh, Ryan. We had the UK market lose a little bit of ground last night, down by about two-thirds of a percent. The French market down by a third. The German market to, down two-thirds of a percent. A little bit of a bump higher for German government bond yields or uh, German interest rates, which are the benchmark in that neighbourhood, but uh, nothing to mention in dispatches. Uh, I, I would have thought the Europeans may have done a little bit better um, that session given the fact that the uh, Chinese market uh, did very well yesterday. Yes, you would have thought so, Tom, but there was a big focus on corporate earnings in Europe overnight. We saw Vodafone shares down 4%. That dragged telecom stocks down 1.2%, the worst performers. And we also saw energy shares fall 1.1% after Equinor shed 7.8%, with the Norwegian oil and gas producer saying it would cut its overall cash returns to shareholders this year by $3 billion US dollars. In addition to that, we saw the banking sector dip 0.9%. UBS lost 2%. 0.7% after at least two brokerages reduced their price target on the Swiss lender. Indeed. So uh, one of the things that stood out in European trade is that uh, the car makers actually got a, a bit of a lift on the back of the Ford earnings. Uh, as far as the Chinese picture is concerned, we should talk about that because one of the things that has been very clear in the performance of the local share market in recent times is that there's been a decoupling from you know whatever relationship we have with the United States, and we have been hamstrung by the challenges that the Chinese economy and indeed Chinese stocks uh, are facing. So the fact that we have seen a fill-up in the last day for the Chinese indices, the Hang Seng was up by about 4%. The Shanghai Composite Index was up by around 3%, driven by yet new pledges from Chinese authorities that they're going to do more to support their economy. Ryan, when is this going to get traction? It's a very good question. Are we saw China's financial regulator urge banks to meet funding demands of property developers. So the property sector is where the ground zero is for the Chinese economy at the moment. And of course, there's expectations for more forceful measures to arrest the stocks route that we had seen last week with Chinese stocks hitting a five-year low. So we've got the Lunar New Year coming up. So of course, the commentary- This weekend. Indeed. So, so that, that'll you could reasonably see volumes start to uh, peter off um, as early as today, actually. You could. And we have seen authorities relax home buying curbs in a district in Beijing. So it is trying to revive the moribund real estate market. But of course, there's skepticism around the efforts to do this. So that's weighed on the iron ore price. It has edged slightly higher from a three-month low, but it is currently trading at around 127.03 US dollars a tonne. Yeah, and the uh, the anecdotes uh, in the Chinese economy that relate to the consumer, you know, there are any number of things that you've seen that describe uh, weaker com consumer behaviour. Uh, new car sales, uh, the most recent amongst those. The Chinese households are being very cautious. They're worried about the Chinese economy. They're creating f financial buffers for themselves, and that is being reflected in, in a lot of metrics, as I say. Yes, certainly the savings rate is up and spending is down, and that's having a big impact on the consumption side of the Chinese economy. We have seen copper prices fall to a three-week low on Wednesday on that slow demand ahead of China's New Year holiday. We saw the copper price down 1.2%, Tom. The uh, local share market today is going to kick off in fairly flat terms and not dissimilar to what we saw in the US 
uh, economic news, uh, almost non-existent at the moment in terms of what might make an impression. So in some ways, um, that's good. You know, if, when you have a clear calendar like that, it can give you a, a clear sense of how sentiment is be- behaving. And we have some big companies releasing earnings today, Tom. We've got AGL Energy, we've got Mervat Group, we've got News Corp, REA Group, Transurban, and after the close, Unibauer, Damco, Westfield. So a lot to digest today. Now, in terms of our market, there'll be a big focus on oil prices as usual. So energy will be supportive of our market. We've got the US oil NYMEX price up 0.7% to 73.80 US dollars a barrel. And that's after we did see support from a larger than expected fall in U.S. gasoline and distillate stocks a day after the U.S. government cut its estimates for output growth. Yeah, it didn't um, have uh, a negative impact on oil prices. They're up for the third consecutive session. So the uh, issues that still vex the Middle East uh, being uh, remain quite supportive as far as energy prices are concerned. Oil trading around 73.5 US dollars per barrel. That's right. The Aussie dollar dipped from 65.37 US cents to 65.17 US cents is currently trading at 65.2 US cents, Tom. Thank you very much for your company today. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again tomorrow morning. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.